Hi guys, I'm Betsy. And I'm Kaylee. And this is the Nacho Mama Pod. The Nacho Mama Pod are not experts of anything but talking. If you need medical or professional help, we do encourage you in finding the appropriate resources. Please know we are just speaking of our experiences or of the experiences of other and have no medical degrees. Hi, friend. Hi. How are you? Oh my gosh. I think um, our last episode of Just Two of Us started out as a love story at the beginning. Like I didn't even cut us out because we were so excited to talk. I mean, I think most of our conversations start out as a love story, to be honest. And they end and kind of the middle. Yeah, it's pretty much love at the beginning, middle and end. And never will end. Never. (laughs) We're friends forever. (laughs) It's great because I'm already planning like vacations in two years with you. Like this is, this is forever. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, we're both in full-on pjs and relaxing today not that we ever dress up but i feel like we both are like relaxation zone our bodies probably (laughs) (laughs) while we start with talking um last episode we talked a lot about how you were feeling so much better and then life kind of changed so how would you start back at when your health stuff started let's give people an update i told kaylee so i listened to our new episode today which was uh part one of Kaylee's excision journey and I'm like oh I'm having no hormone issues like I'm feeling (laughs) excellent and then I jinxed myself or something it was like days afterwards it literally was so I think it's two weeks ago tomorrow I fainted just out of the blue and so since then I have been on this like insane hormone roller coaster and like my body's trying to refigure itself out um, I've been crazy dizzy up until this week. I've been, I have felt better dizzy wise, but I've not felt great mentally. Like no. my anxiety has been out of control. I was pretty sure that I was going to die of a brain bleed. <laughs> so you kind of glossed over it. Let's, let's really, she passed okay. out and put a huge old gouge in her I did. head. Like she, yeah, like I, I knocked hard. my head and it was bleeding fully. Um, but I didn't know it was bleeding until the next morning when my dog was over. I knew I hit my head. Don't, I do know I hit my head, but I thought it was just like a bump, but, um, didn't realize it was like gash until Luna was over my head going, mom, you're broken. Yeah. Sniffing my hair. Like what is going on? So yes, it was, I was not, you know, every single person's like, what were you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't doing anything. I was uh, standing in our living room, talking to my husband and I felt my vision start to go. And, um, usually if that, like that happens fairly often enough for me, like, but I can usually like re center myself and like get myself under control. But I apparently, I don't remember anything after that, after my vision started to go, but I apparently started walking backwards toward our kitchen and I collapsed on the floor of our kitchen. (sighs) Um, and, um, Jim said that as soon as I hit my head, I started snoring (laughs) like he's like like knocked out cold like oh no that must have been so scary for him oh I'm sure it was like I'm I'm sure it was so um (laughs) I I was only out for like 30 seconds um he made me remember falling like when you came to were you like oh you're just on the ground like I I 
was awakened to him being like Betsy, Betsy, like oh man, like uh, urgently like trying to get my attention. Um, I'm laughing about it because what am I going to do about it because now? Because we like, laugh about our our yeah, bodies failing it's, us, but it's, it's fine. It's super normal. <laughs> and you told me that this has happened before, so has yes. happened a long time. But you've had unexplained yeah. like passing out in your yeah. Past. So, but it's like honestly, like in my early twenties, I had gotten like a bunch of tests, like tons of tests done. I'd gone to the cardiologist and they did like a tilt table test. They did an echocardiogram. They did the EKGs. Like, um, I wore a heart monitor for three days, like all of the things. And, um, they had said that my blood vessels in my legs, um, just involuntarily expand. Um, I thought that was POTS, but it is not POTS. It is called, uh, I'm going to butcher it fully, but it's called vasovagal syndrome, I believe. And so it's basically like um, how the doc- how the cardiologist explained it to me is like when my nervous system is at rest, it just rests too much. So it's like it rests and my body just like gives out. Um <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it's like, like what? <laughs> the crazy thing was is you told me this and of course I had like a full-blown panic attack because you don't want to hear about your friend having sure. something happen and then another thing like unexplained it's just super frustrating I'm sure way more frustrating for you yeah but then like I, think- I started googling it and there's so many like correlations between yeah. passing out and endo and I was just like <gasps> why <laughs> yeah it's wild like how much heart-related stuff is in correlation with endo in general and I'm like why is that like why is that a thing obviously Um, we're not doctors and we're not saying it is tied but no but there's a lot of articles out there that say they are so So, um, and I really wanted you to share on this pod in case anyone else experienced it or uh, they've heard something different from their doctors because unfortunately this is probably another gray area where like there's just not expertise on it and you you did go to the doctor (laughs) I, I went to, I went to, uh, yeah, in one week I went to my regular doctor, uh, the, um, chiropractor who my chiropractor was like, I bet, I bet it's something with your vagal nerve Oh, yeah. before I even went to the cardiologist. And, um, then I went to the cardiologist that same week. And I went to and got acupuncture because <laughs> like, I was like, let's fix this body. Yeah. That's what I do. I go into like, we're going to fix this mode. Um, so yeah. So the only other thing the cardiologist is going to do is just, she's going to do an echocardiogram in a couple of weeks with, um, what's called a bubble test. Yeah. And so basically I get an IV and it has like a carbon, I think like a carbonated saline solution in it. And it's just to make sure that there's not like a little hole in my heart or anything like that. Good. You're Which taking she the steps said, you need to. Yeah. She said, she's pretty sure it's there. It's not, but, um, I was also like afterwards having like a lot of cramping on my left side, like my left arm and leg. Mm-hmm. And, um, she said that was the only thing she was concerned about is because sometimes if there's a hole in your heart, it can cause almost like these mini strokes. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's what it is. I mean, I either. So we're just getting that tested just to be sure. Good. Um, but other than that, <laughs> you know, what's crazy I'm though? Super chill. I'm super chill. Uh, 
so I don't know if you remember the story or if I've even like actually mentioned it on the pod, but after my ablation surgery, I was hospitalized because of blood clots. Yeah. Why I got sent to the hospital is because I had knowingly passed a blood clot when I used the bathroom and my vagal nerve, I must've clenched and I pinched my vagal nerve. And by the okay. time I finished using the bathroom, I walked upstairs, I passed out. Isn't that crazy? And like, I, and that's, I just remember saying like, it, like, I felt something behind like my ear and then I got really, really dizzy and I, I didn't fully lose consciousness, but I like was, you know, pale losing, like yeah. feeling I was going to pass out when sat down. And so when they brought me in there, they're like, you, you pinched your vagal nerve. That's why you felt yeah. it up through your neck. And that's why you got dizzy. And I was like, that's well, what, if I would have known it was a blood clot. I wouldn't have win. They're like, no, that's really bad. That's really yeah, when bad. When I say like your vagal nerve, a lot of people are like, oh, that's like what you're like your poop, like your poop nerve, isn't it? And I was like, no, it actually goes from your neck. Yeah. all the way down like it's yeah it's like a huge nerve in your body yeah um but my acupuncture gave me some you know exercises if I feel like I'm starting to faint and so did my chiropractor and yeah. he told me like there's all of these like exercises out there to like strengthen your vagal nerve so like so stupidly um on my way to work in the morning I'm like humming and like blah blah blah, blah. just trying to make sure you're like <laughs> doing that's stupid. smart though I, it <laughs> is it, I think to me, the thing that really stands out to me is like, we have so many gut issues with endo and inflammation yeah. and things like that. And so when I had, you know, I clenched and I hit that nerve and right. You know, it's just crazy that our bodies are, I mean, so interconnected that like one thing sure. can lead to another, at least I had like a moment where I was like, oh yeah, I, they knew I had a passive blood clot because of my levels afterwards. And I got to spend right. some time in an MRI machine and making sure your girl didn't have a blood clot loosener. Um, but it's just crazy that like something small can lead into a reaction that is not correlated any sense in my mind. Like I had right. no idea that it was a nerve that made me pass out. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, it is weird. <sighs> so, so anyways, since insane. then I've been trying to <laughs> refix, refix whatever's happening in my body. My anxiety has been out of control, like out of control yesterday to... was a disaster. <sighs> Yeah, it was a hard day. Uh, to fix your anxiety a little bit, you you took a little off the grid trip. And yeah, I went camping. <laughs> I want you to talk about the mental benefits of that, and then I want oh you to my talk about my girl Luna because I still think this. She's my. I love Luna. <laughs> Listen, I she's an angel. One hundred percent recommend disconnecting. Like, yeah. it was the most beautiful thing. Like, I have very few pictures because I didn't have I didn't have any need to have my phone out. I didn't yeah. have service. Um, but we tent camped, which a lot of people are surprised by that. <laughs> like, I was like, girl, you're like, why do I need so much stuff? I was like, I have no idea. I don't do that. Like, camping, I, we I don't tent. like, no, <laughs> I, I do not mind it at all. Like we had fun. They're it was awesome. great. Um, but you have to pack so much stuff to like <laughs> legit move your location from your house to, uh, you know, another location. But we were talking about, so there was like eight of us and then one night, I think there was 10 of us but we were talking about how we like had the bougiest meals because <laughs> we all really love to cook. And yeah, so yeah. we did like the first night we just had like marinated chicken and vegetables. That was fine. Whatever. Um, the second night we made steaks at ribeyes and um, I made a homemade mushroom risotto. 
<laughs> like a super casual camping meal. You're like, we're cooks and we have dietary restrictions. We're going to just do it up over here. Yeah. The camp then, next to us has hot dogs, you know. Yeah. Whatever. We're not making hot dogs and hamburgers. We did have hot dogs for lunch one day, but we did. Um, <laughs> and then the last, the Saturday night, we, uh, my friend made homemade tortillas, <laughs> like brought her tortilla press. And oh, we had that's so cool chicken and shrimp and fish tacos like and like fresh slaw and like oh it was so good and that actually sounds like the best camping trip like really good food really good people in no outside yeah yeah I was like just because we're camping does not mean we don't can't eat well so I don't do camping um but I do a lot of jeeping and right I used to I haven't went to Colorado in a little bit so like my big brother we go off up to the mountains, no service, no one can get a hold of us in the Jeep, top off. That's fun. Off-roading sleep, for however. Sleep in the Jeep or no? No. So like the cool thing about where my brother lives is we can leave stupid early, go do like the craziest all day adventure, drive the mountains all the way back to his house and then just sleep and party at the house. That's and like he has a hot tub. So then you just go hot tub and hang out. So it's kind fun. of the best one. Fun. Was it like completely stress-free? No, not even like, <laughs> I'm like leading you into it. Cause, um, you took your dog child. We did take our dog child and um, she, she's not a camper. She hates the outdoors. <laughs> I don't know why I find this so funny, but like Luna's not cut out for the outdoor life. And you knew that you told me beforehand, you're uh, like, I'm not sure this is going to be, well. and I was like, of course it's going to be good. I will say we originally had a dog sitter for Thursday and Friday night scheduled and um, he canceled like last minute and I was like, oh, it's fine. We'll just take her. So we were only going to take her one night and I think she would have been fine for one night. Yeah. But so she is not cut out for the camping life. uh, The very first night she was okay. She's okay during the day. Most of the time she usually is. Um, but Thursday night, she did not sleep at all. So I think in conclusion, she was a toddler who had not slept. I mean, realistically, she was like throwing temper tantrums. Yep. She sure was. She, uh, she was picking fights with all of the other dogs who are our normal friends. Like she spends a lot of time with these dogs and she was just angry and like, growling and like trying to attack them like oh she was just a brat she was awful and so she she got sent home she did get sent home (laughs) I don't know why I think this is the funniest thing in the world by the way Luna's innocent yeah oh yeah listen she is so chill like (laughs) she at home like is the most chill dog like she'll bark at the mailman and whatever but I mean she lays on her bed for 20 out of 24 hours of the day <laughs> and, and she's like the wild is just not for me oh, guys no she's like I am not made for the outdoors and I'm not sure who I have to tell <laughs> I thought you oh, guys yeah, knew so me <laughs> thankfully the campground was only 40 minutes from our house oh that's so, so Jim, funny uh Jim brought her home Saturday morning and then he came back to the campground and we spent all day. And then after dinner Saturday, I came home and slept with her and went back Sunday morning. She but, was so happy, wasn't she? Oh, Saturday she was. Night was she great. Slept the best, oh, <laughs> the best night of sleep of her life. Like I was even like, I had um, like CBD dog treats to give her 
and like they'd work for a little bit and then she's just like on high alert and like freaking out and getting you know, I had her blanket I had a comforter from our house like it's it's not like we weren't like trying to make it very comfortable for her but Look, a girl just needs her sleep a girl needs her sleep which I fully get like I get because Thursday night after not sleeping at all I sent Kaylee a picture and <laughs> I was like this is what I looked like after that whole night of not sleeping so it wasn't great I just think it's funny because you tell me the story and I just text back and I go Jim gave her a lecture on the drive home oh yeah <laughs> I was like, I wish I could hear that lecture and you're like yeah, yeah he said they had a talking to <laughs> so happy uh you have the world's biggest cup so what she's sipping on yeah it's bigger than her face I'm pretty sure actually Jessica my friend from (gasps) endo sister az yes she's she's our amazing friend she is what type of tea you got lemon ginger and manuka honey Ooh, that sounds really good it is good I like it a lot it's a puka p-u-k-k-a brand i got it kroger but i like it um what you ironic enough the tea bag i'm drinking is from jess (laughs) so we have a really good friend she sent me a care package for recovery and i'm still going through some of the teas and it's an orange spice one which is really good so good i have orange spice hot tea in my cup in my don't tread on my uterus cup because i'm not loud at all about my opinions about reproductive rights Nope. (laughs) Before we get into excision part two, I do have a quick random, not related question for you. Mm -hmm. And if our audience gets these type of things, I'd love them to DM us and let us know like their opinion on it. But do you think it's weird people you haven't talked to in a long time, whatever, and your first interaction with them is inviting you to a kid related thing? Do you think that's strange? Because I have been invited to multiple things in the last month. One being a kid's third third birthday. I haven't seen this lady since college. That is weird. That's really weird. Hey, I'd love to catch up with you. Come to my child's birthday party. I have zero interest in that. (laughs) (laughs) And granted, I I don't know them anymore. So they they. They don't know your life situation, but that seems really weird that somebody would just like out of the blue invite you to a birthday party. Well, I know they know enough about like my life because it is like historic family friends and things like that. They they know I don't have kids, Sure, but to be like, and like they sent me the kids invite in a handwritten note that was like, long time no see my brother and his kids are going to be up. Thought we'd invite you to the barbecue. Why it's turning three. And I said, I didn't know you had a kid. Right. Yeah, absolutely not. If you didn't know they had a kid, you should not be invited to their party. But like, it's a common trend. And I think it's one that I don't appreciate. Like, I don't know if I have an issue with it because I'm a non-parent. And I think it's weird that everything is still parent-centric. Sure. Or if my issue is more of like a, you think I should come celebrate your offspring when we aren't even friends? Like, there's some like elitist part to this that I really don't vibe with. And I know it's me. And I know I'm the one saying no. I'm like, but which is fine. Like, like, you're allowed to. Okay, so now that we've gotten my life updates out of the way, let's you know, talk about out. what's happening in your life. Yeah, I, I believe you may have gotten a surgery. I had a surgery. It was a cool experience. Um, so let's I think talk about it. 
And I, I should have probably re-listened to episode one today. I was kind of scared too, because I had a lot of raw emotions last time we talked. Um, but if I remember right, we talked like about my fears and like some of that stuff. And so I'll just kind of pick up from there and you ask me whatever you would like to know. <laughs> but I, the week before I was just tons of prep and a lot of nerves. And I think that's maybe why I hyper-focus so much. Um, I, I really had a bad feeling the whole week going into it. Like part of me was super relieved and excited that I was doing the right thing. And then part of me was like super scared because the blood clotting stuff that like, maybe this is not going to be a good outcome. And that was new for me. Um, I think knowledge is power. Knowledge also sometimes makes you really scared. And I think because I'm going into procedures with a lot more knowledge about what they're doing and the severity that now I'm a little bit more nervous. So I was really scared Um, up until getting to St. Louis for my surgery. I was scared that whole night. And then somewhere between traveling there, I started kind of calming down a little bit and was just very focused on like, eating (laughs) like the normal as you should be yeah things right and I didn't really have a hard time sleeping I thought I was gonna because usually like even when I travel and I know I have a flight like that excitement like keeps me awake and I'm never like jet lagged or tired because I didn't sleep but I don't sleep I did sleep pretty well which I was like okay that's a blessing um yeah I did a bazillion things before I even tried that started that four-hour drive so I was just probably exhausted. Your body probably just shut down. Yeah. And I got up that morning and it's like all that anxiety was just gone. It was excitement. Um, and I know you even texted me back and was like, like, there's a change. Cause I'm like, I was sitting back there waiting for the surgery before me to get done. And I'm just like sitting in the chair, sending you selfies, texting you, documenting, like in the best mood. Um, and nothing really changed except for like, I was there and I figured at this point (laughs) the money is spent. Yep. The time I mean, like figured out. Yeah. All of your work stuff was done. Your, your prep at home, you did what you could. Like, I mean, there wasn't anything else you could do except for go and do it. Yeah. And I, I do believe in the power of like positive thinking. And I like every time I've went under anesthesia, I've always been really cognizant about like, think a happy thought. No, I'm going to come out of something in such a like vulnerable state. The last thing I want to do is also come out of it with like bad thoughts. So I try really hard to be positive, but it was pretty simple. Um, the day of it was, it was chill. I actually have never had surgery in a surgery center. Uh, and I, I haven't either. Girl, it was so weird. It was like a little, it felt like a doctor's office. Like I was caught off guard when I walked in and there was like four chairs and people. And I was like, this is, this is not a hospital. And then, cause I mean, I traveled for this. I'd never been to the location. Biggest complaint is I live under a heating pad and I was freezing. I counted at the end of the surgery. I went through at least 15 hot blankets during my whole stay there <laughs> that I was cognizant for. So I finally asked for more. I was like, ask for more blankets. (laughs) Like, Like, I have four on me already. And I can't even lie to you. She came by and she's like, do you need a more blanket? I was like, uh, because I hate asking for things. She goes, if you hesitate, you're cold. I got you. And like wrapped me up. And I was like, thank goodness. I'm always cold. Um, but yeah, it was pretty easy. I don't know if I think I know we've talked about this in our personal life. It really has thrown everybody that's not a chronic illness person off the fact that every endo surgery I've had, I go back to the OR completely conscious, which is so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
same. So, and this time I, I actually took a picture of my bed because I thought they were going to roll me back. And then they were like, no, you can walk. Right. And so I walked back to the ER, which was like, so strange holding my own little IV bag. Yeah. Um, climbed up on the table myself. Yeah. Untied my gown before I got up there. They're like, so that's- that way we can get it off of you. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah that's naked. what I, I did for my hysterectomy. And I like, I had a full conversation with my doctor yeah. in there. Like, oh, you don't do well with Vicodin, right? And like, like it's gave, well, we were weird. just chit chatting. I'm on, yeah, I'm untying my own gown because I'm like moving myself from the bed to the table. Like, yeah, yeah, it is it weird so though. Strange. Like, and then you're just out in like a matter of minutes when they put the mask on. Oh now. yeah. And like, as a kid, like I was, I've never made it to an OR room for hand yeah. surgeries or anything. And so it's really funny to go in there and put yourself up on the table and then be like, scoot yourself back. And I'm doing it. And then they uh, strapped me to the bed and I was like, ah, no parkour. (laughs) (laughs) They all just started laughing. I was like, guys, I I had planned to parkour today. Like you're ruining my vibe. And the anesthesiologist was like, what is parkour? And I was like, you don't know. And she's like, no, I was like, okay, will you go home and YouTube it? And she's like, okay. And I was like, and then will you know that I'm telling you I can do it. She's like, okay. And I was like, and even though I'm going to tell you that's a straight up lie, can you just think about me doing it? She's like, why are you? you But that's how you, that's how I also deal with stuff, like a little bit of humor. Yeah. I was like, I think sometimes it's how my anxiety manifests itself is I will try and like make people around me laugh. Yeah. And I think it can't be a bad thing to have somebody like you before you're unconscious and naked no, and getting cut no, open. Like, come no, on like, now, let's be best Take friends. a little bit better care of me. Right. So <laughs> I was talking mad, mad crap. I was like, yeah, I do backflips. And then I, and then I felt guilty and I was like, ma'am, I don't do backflips. Well, that is all like, a lie. <laughs> I don't know if you know what endo is as an anesthesiologist, but I promise you my hips don't do backflips. Right. <laughs> like, so these hips do lie. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do lie. So uh, yeah, surgery went really well. It did. Covery. Um, I had to stay overnight in St. Louis. Um, I don't really like there. I was on, I, I did pain pills and I really, really did do them for like three days. Like timers on my phone to make sure I wasn't hurting especially I was yeah. terrified about the car ride home it was fine I stayed really horizontal um you didn't did. even prop up on the pillows because I realized really quickly that I wasn't hurting in my shoulder laying horizontal so I stayed yeah. that way <sighs> um, how was your how were your gas pains like what are they so yeah here's the thing I think level of surgical expert really does matter sure because I fully did not get blown up as much as my previous surgery. And in this surgery, they had more holes in me, more tools in me, took out more stuff and blew my bladder up to make sure I didn't have incontinence and I wasn't inflated as much. So that, that speaks to skill set to me. Yeah, Um, sure. The first surgery, like it literally looked like there's a basketball in me for days. And like, I was swollen, but it wasn't that much. So, I was actually surprised at like how not swollen you looked like yeah. when you send pictures and stuff. Like you did not look like you were super, super swollen at no, all. No. So I, I swear that has to be skill set. Yeah, it probably is. And uh shout out to Nikki, one of our Myrtle turtles. She told me first time I'd ever heard it. And I've told so many people since, and no one else has heard it is uh, she was told that when that gas gets put into you, you should airbox because it breaks down the gas particles and will help it from like staying in your shoulder. So every time I was conscious, I was just like airboxing in the hotel bed, 
Yeah. Um, and I laid horizontal, which I do think helped because I wasn't giving it a place to rise to. Yeah. Yeah. And I've said before, that was my worst is like feeling it like go up and down my sternum when I would yeah. like sit up, it would make me like vomit. Like yeah. that was the yeah. worst pain. It was yeah. rough. And I, I did, I did sleep more because I did take more pain pills. So I think that helped. I took gas X sure. the minute I got back to the hotel room. So like all these things together. Gas X, can you sponsor us? We've dropped your name many, many times. Like at this point, <laughs> if there's not a more perfect sponsor for us, I, I don't know. Heating pads or gas X. Like, come on, people. <laughs> I spend more money with gas X. Um, so I took that immediately. Like I feel okay. And then all of a sudden that gas hit my shoulder. Yeah. And I immediately just laid back down, tears streaming. And I was like, gas is here. Gas is here. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so crazy. It, it did hit, but I just took more medicine. Um, the myrtle okay. turtle sent me a rice bag. That was a turtle. Mm. And I the, the format of it just made it like the perfect weight for my shoulder. So that just stayed on me all the time. I just thought it was the cutest thing ever. And it's, it's like microwavable and ugh. it's literally the best. Like I have, I even have like a sloth one and I have like the actual like grown up looking ones. This turtle is the best design because the rice is so centralized in the stomach that it's like easy to place. And then like, the shell is like a pillow. So I just oh. like laid on it. It was perfect. So yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, catheter. I've never That's had a catheter a before. That was, that. man, the, the morning after when I got up to pee or maybe, maybe it was that night. I don't know. Lots of drugs. The first time I peed, I like thought I was going to pass out and die and cried and throw up all in once. And yeah. it was miserable. So that sucks. <laughs> then I traveled home and it was, I, I honestly, this is the weird thing. I think my recovery was so good solely for the fact that my endo pain and flare-ups so were bad. gone for the first yeah. time. So even when I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like they took an appendix out because they did. Yeah. Um, or I feel that I didn't feel the endo pain anymore. So yeah, yeah like the level of pain you were already living with, like it yeah. probably wasn't that much different or it was less. No. So you're like, it's not really a yeah. thing. So I think that's cool. So let's good. talk about how you're feeling now. Yeah. So I guess I didn't say it. They took, um, Oh yeah. Seven or eight spots out just to make sure I'm actually talking about it. Seven or eight spots out one really large spot of endo behind my uterus. Um, there was growth in my sack of Douglas, which I I'm guessing is my pain, but they were able to clearly cut it out, but very clean, just cut it out. So they found healthy tissue and um, except for them taking my appendix out, it just felt like, like I got, I got beat up a little bit. I got cut up, but like, it just felt like something was gone. I laid down at night and that pressure would go on wherever the appendix removal and yeah. that would really hurt because there would be pressure on it, but I just took it out seven spots. So it, it didn't like, it didn't explode everywhere. Yeah. My bladder looked yeah. good. My I mouth even, looked good. So in the um, episode, the first episode, I even said, I would be surprised if you were still at a level two and, um, yeah. you were still at a level two, right? I am. That what they considered you. Yeah. So here's a really cool thing. And I posted Dr. Young, Dr. Patrick Young. Um, I will give anybody his information. He is very knowledgeable. He has only done excision for like the past 10 or 12 years. And I like him a lot because I can have educational talks with him. So I've even said stuff. I was like, well, how do I know you stage like other doctors? And he's like, well, that's a really good point. Cause technically staging only happens with ablation surgeries, 
like right. on the record and we all stage differently. And he goes, but how I stage, this is where you're at. And I was like, okay. Yeah. It's all opinion. I mean, it really yeah, is. There's it's... not criteria out there. So, um, but I was, I was really hoping it wasn't higher. Um, staging doesn't correlate to pain at all, but I was really hoping it hadn't like, like spread. gone everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Cause that was like, that was kind of scary to me that that would have given me more anxiety. Um, but I'm still stage two, which is cool. Um, I think old me would have been a little bit like kind of like hesitant to put out there, like what I had removed. Cause I always feel like, Oh, somebody else has it worse. And like, sure. or maybe I'm being too sensitive. Like, I don't know, probably that gas called us gaslighting ourselves. Right. I will tell you right now, 10 out of 10, do not regret best decision I have made. If you're going to go spend money on buying a house or starting a career and you have endo, don't do it. Go get excision like night and day. I feel so much better. And I didn't have hope that I was going to feel better. I was just scared for my future. And I knew it was getting worse because I was hurting more. So like, oh gosh, what's happening inside of me? Um, I had my first pain-free day in like five years. That's uh, amazing. About two weeks after surgery, it was, it was two Fridays past surgery. I, I bled for a very long time and had some weird stuff going on, but like the whole time I'm like super positive. Cause I right. feel better than I have. I will like up. genuinely, like I can notice it, like in your complexion, like in your face, like you look healthier. Is that not? So I literally, um, this is so weird. And I didn't realize endo played with my confidence so much. I literally feel prettier because like I don't feel like I look like I'm dying. (laughs) Well, you probably also don't feel like you're dying. So I mean, (laughs) but like my colors there and like whatever. So it's interesting. I feel like skinnier and prettier and that's because I'm not so bloated. Like it's just weird how it it impacted so many areas of my life that I, I couldn't even think about. Um, I was pain-free. Listen, Linda, pain-free for four days in a freaking row. And I am almost to the one week mark where I would have said, I've been pretty much pain-free for a week. The only, only changes my period started and I had some cramping today, but it's nothing compared to my old periods when it comes to pain. So pain-free days, like that's outrageous. I, I, now I started my period and they said to expect some trauma and my IG story was off the chain today. I just kept posting to y'all because I wanted to tell somebody um, I have never bled so much in my entire freaking life. So yeah. between going back to work and then, uh, cause I took two weeks off, fully took them off. Good girl. And at some point, I guess I'll just really quickly say, take those two weeks off. Don't work. Even if you feel yeah. good, you deserve to do Netflix and stuff. It yeah. was very mentally healthy for me to disconnect. Yeah. Even on the bad pain days, I yeah. didn't get I- as depressed. It was really good. Yeah. I was like that too. Cause I was like, oh, there's no way I, I took three and a half weeks Yeah, after my hysterectomy. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to need that much time off, but I'm so glad I did. I valued every minute. It was good. Like when I started feeling better on Friday, um, it was midday Thursday. I started feeling better. And then Friday I was completely pain-free. I like, and it finally stopped raining. And so I went out on my deck and I sat out there and read, like I read seven books during that time watch shows that I would never watch. Like I don't watch a ton of TV, watch full series. Like it was mentally, I journaled a ton. It was just mentally really good for me. And then having an outpouring love from my friends and my family, I 
had a really hard time receiving some of it, but it was also a really good time for me to reflect and realize how loved I am, how deserving I am, how much I appreciate those humans and I love them and they are deserving of it. And I just think some like outside, like I, I don't recognize who I used to be (laughs) from a, from a core me, from a mental me, from a lifestyle. Like I'm just such a different person now. So it was really nice to kind of connect and take all the stressors out of my life in like a two week period. It was, it was pretty great. Um, I love that so much. Yeah. So I'm doing good. I'm bleeding a lot, (laughs) but that's trauma and they, they want to take my uterus. So I must still have periods. So that's probably going to keep happening. There's nothing that's going to make my period stop being so I know heavy, but I can deal with that. Let's take that sucker out. (laughs) I tried. I tried. Uh, One other thing I guess I should touch on is I talked last time about trying to decide if I was going to do anything fertility wise, how that question threw me through a curveball. I did not. (laughs) I did not. I just asked them to take the endo out and that's all they did. And I feel very, very, very good about that. Now, did they say like your tubes were collapsed or anything or they weren't collapsed, but they didn't blow them out to see if there was like any blockages or anything. Gotcha. Okay. Now the funny thing is, is I actually ended up saying I'm comfortable if you want to blow them out and do the scrape. Um, but I'm not pursuing any fertility things afterwards, but if you think that's something like should be done, yeah, I'm okay with it. And there was some sort of miscommunication where it didn't get done. And I was like, I'm very okay because I I was very clear with like I'm not gonna try to have fertility and I'm not gonna try to take steps to preserve my uterus so that way I can the literally the only reason I'm not getting a hysterectomy is because you are not comfortable with it kind of said no yeah and then you could justify my anger with the blood risk which is terrifying so okay yeah no that's that's understandable but. Um, if I hadn't had the blood, then blooding, bleeding issue, I would have probably been pretty adamant that I wanted it. So yeah, I'm doing really good. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a weird life. I, I will put out content. Like I have been working on some guides and things like that. The first one I do want to push out is the excision one. Yeah. Uh, just because I think it is important, but it may just be a drop of all of them because there's so many aspects of my life I've gotten to reflect on in the past couple of weeks. I've made like so many new connections with people with endo, which has been kind of surprising to me, but this surgery has given me the platform to talk about it in the areas that like I wasn't overly vocalizing it. So like you weren't like entirely comfortable in or whatever. Or like, I don't know them. So I'm not really like advertising it. So like my boss knew I had endo um, because I was so sick and they asked one day and I was like, oh, this is what's going on. I didn't like go knock, knock, knock. I want to tell you about me. But if you ask, like, I'm very proud of who I am, but there's so many women at my work that like older women that have endo that had this really old term thought process on it that has led to some really cool conversations. Um, a lot of conversations about infertility and miscarriage with women, which is really just, it's interesting just to be able to speak to me. Um, I did over the weekend, go get my eyebrows done. Cause I was like, what's something I could go treat myself to where I could lay horizontal in case I, or I can just lay down. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went and got my eyebrows done and I ended up in a bed with a woman who has endo 
It's pretty severe. And it's Wait, looking you were surgery. in bed with a woman who had I was up. in bed with the woman. No, <laughs> I was in the woman's bed. <laughs> Technically. Oh, no, but like I went into the esthetician room and those beds are pretty high. And so I was like, like you could crawl up here and I have a blanket if you want to cover up. And I said, that's perfect. I'm always cold. I was like, and I was like awkward. And she's like, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I just had surgery. So I'm totally capable to get there. I'm just going to be a little weird. And she's like, okay. And so she saw me hold my stomach and she's like, where'd you have surgery? And I was like, oh, on my stomach. And she didn't say anything else. And she's like, well, why? And I was like, I have a chronic illness. And like, I wasn't trying to like push it on a stranger. And um, she was like, can I ask what it is? Putting two and two together. And I was like, well, it's called endometriosis. She's like, girl, I have endo. And so, <laughs> so for the whole appointment, we talked about endo and chronic illness and surviving it. And um, it was really cool. Also turned into, I am scheduled. I haven't had my first one. Uh, facial that she designed to like lymphatic to drain the, the spots in your face because she has experienced so much tension in, uh, inflammation in your face that she, not me. I don't have a bit of tension in this body. She designed a (laughs) facial to try to drain that. And then she's like, do you have a really, um, sore jaw? And I was like, no, but a lot of my endo friends do. And so she started like touching my jaw. She's like, no, your jaw is so screwed up woman. And I was like, well, it's my normal. <laughs> I barely clench it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so it's pretty cool. I'm going to start doing facials with her that like cool. are designed for the, the needs I have. And I just, it's just really cool to keep connecting yeah. with people. It's endometriosis is at least one in 10 women. Uh, yeah. Miscarriage is one in four women. It's so common. It is, but it's not but talked it, about as much. It's so cool to be like, and to feel like I like can talk about it and then be like, Hey, I have a whole community. If you, if you're, if you're feeling lonely. So yeah. she, we connected on IG. She follows the show now. It's just, it's pretty cool to connect with somebody else. So as a quick synopsis, um, Kaylee's been thriving. I have been <laughs> barely treading water. <laughs> Last episode. I was like, my life is in danger. I, I think I'm dying. This is horrible. I've been miserable. Real quick. <laughs> Uh, 10 out of 10 recommend get excision. I know it's expensive. The only thing I haven't touched on, and I will probably just touch on it online, like do a post at some point is the cost point. I'm going to be very transparent with it. I'm still waiting for things to get billed out. Yeah. So, um, a big shout out and thank you to everyone who donated to me though. I feel so freaking moved the fact that this community showed up and especially to UB to like set up something. Cause I would have never asked for help to, you know, do a pound class and open up a format for me to take donations. Um, like it's the fact that money was raised for me just like blows my mind that people even care. And then the fact that I got like 18 care packages and like three rounds of flowers and you are loved, you are so loved and you deserve every bit of it. Yeah, it's hard to deserve it, but I deserve it. So I appreciate every single one of my friends. Um, you guys really, really made the difference for me to recover. It, it was a big deal to me. So I will post, I will be very transparent with like what I paid fee wise, why, like, obviously um, I have a deductible to hit. So if I feel like I'm paying more because of my deductible, like I'll be very, yeah. very honest with it. Yeah. Um, but I haven't stressed about it, which is very unlike me. So Yep. I'd wait till they sent me a bill. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? It's, it's fine. Um, so 10 out of 10 recommend, I am going to post Dr. Young's information with this. I even went on, gave the dude a Google review. Like I am so thankful 
Yeah. Uh, so I want to make sure anybody in the Midwest that wants excision surgery to know that he's there. He really was able to talk to me, have a debate with me if I disagreed. He does not believe in hormonal treatments afterwards um, from the data, unless that's something you need for your lifestyle. So he, I wasn't pressured to do birth control or Lupron or anything afterwards. So, and he is moving into a place in his career. He's been building up the practice and the knowledge and the data so that way he can do these surgeries. Um, and he's moving into a spot in the future career to educate other doctors and make sure more people are skilled. So I have the highest respect for him. He's yeah. very hands-on. Um, I thought you were going to say he's very handsome. <laughs> I mean, to somebody. I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> uh, he was very kind. He yeah. even offered to pray with me before surgery if I was interested in it, like the yeah. care he has. And he does have personal stake into endo endo is a part of his life outside of work huge it just it led to a different level and I had to be very honest with him because I was in a flare-up and I was very emotional my pre-op appointment and then he brought fertility into it where I didn't think that was gonna be a conversation and I had to be very honest about my mental health and how it's how it's really changed who I am as a being and he was open for that discussion and he didn't forget about it so I can't I can't say enough about how well he treated me and took care of me and made me feel better. 10 out of 10 Dang. recommend y'all 10 Thank out you. of 10. Thank you, Dr. Young. Yeah, we're fans. So that is my high level. If you guys have specific questions, yeah. um, please let us know when this episode drops. I am open to talk about everything. I just, it, there's a lot and I don't really there remember like what to say. You know, if we want to talk about the nitty gritty of how bad peeing hurt. I well, let's have a conversation. I'm there. Like you ask me, I'll tell you my opinion on it. So that is excision. It was a score. Hopefully, um, hopefully I don't need another surgery for a while. The data with his clinic is actually crazy. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited yep. to live life again. That's pretty yep. much it. You can live while, while you're pain-free live girl. I know. <gasps> okay. And All the right. only other exciting thing oh. is, um, what is today? Uh, the fourth, to my sister's birthday. Big shout out to my sister. Happy birthday, sister. This will come <laughs> out later, but happy birthday. Yeah. Um, in about 22 days, I get to hug this amazing human being in this video yeah. chat with me. And I just want to tell you guys, because every time I get to be a bee, it's life-changing. So I am going to see my bee in like 20 days and it's yeah. amazing. And we're already depressed that it's a weekend and we're trying to plan more trips. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, be done. Miss anything? Uh, like, share, comment, yep, rate us, all the things, and um, yeah, interact with us on Instagram at Nutchmama Pod. Obviously, this has been the greatest episode yet of the Nacho Mama Pod. Bye. Bye.